God. So we are in love with the Word of God. We are in love with His Word and in love with Him. Why? Because He loves us. And He demonstrates His love for us. Isn't that right? And so we're grateful to Him for His benefits and His blessings. And we are continuing in our study, seeing Jesus where? in every book of the Bible. And we look for Jesus in every book of the Bible because it, when we do that, it shows us that God has been all about us from the beginning all the way until when? All the way until now. God has been about us from the beginning until now. Amen? And, and so the Bible is unified. Say unified. unified. It's unified. It's not Old Testament and New Testament and they don't have anything to do with each other. They are one. Put together by who? God. Put together by God. Correct? So now tell me if you know, was the Bible written in two weeks? No. Was the Bible written in two years? Was the Bible written by two people? No. no. So, so how do we know that the Bible is a supernatural book? How do we know that it's a supernatural book? We know it's supernatural because what? God wrote it. Through people. Over hundreds of years over thousands of years. And when we examine it, when we look at it, when we study it, we can, then we see it's, it's unified and we see how God was doing something all, those, all that time. When, when, from when? From the beginning till now from before the beginning until now. Amen? And when, he was, and when he was doing that from before the beginning until now, say he had me on his mind. Point to your neighbor, say he had you on his mind. Because he wanted what with us? Relationship. He wanted relationship with us. And so he, we were on his mind, amen? And uh, did he quit or give up? No. He never quit, he never get, is, did he quit yesterday? No. When is he ever gonna give up? Never. He's never gonna give up. Never give up. Why, because he said, I love you with an everlasting love, right? So, so we're going to go on further in our study, seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible. And um, last week we looked at the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah right? Mm -hmm. Nehemiah, the cupbearer, right? And uh, the administrator. And uh, how many of you took some notes last time? Hope you did, because the Lord said some things to us, amen, that aren't on a printed page. Amen? And then when you get into the Bible, uh, and you read what's on the printed page, the Holy Ghost is on the printed page. Yes. 
And so he will keep speaking to you through the Bible while you're reading it, while you're meditating on it, because it's his word. Whose word is it? It's his word. It's God's word. So, so he's still in there. Say so he's still in there. He's still in there. And he can speak to you through his word, through the printed word, and into your spirit when you're reading the word. By his spirit when you're reading the word. By his spirit when you're meditating the word. Okay? So last week we looked at, we uh, looked at, and we saw, uh, we studied the book of Nehemiah. We saw Jesus even in the book of Nehemiah. And uh, I won't go back all through that. And uh, I exhort you to, to listen to the podcast from last time so you can hear that. It will bless your life because it was God's word ministering to us. But tonight, and so that when, we, when we got to Nehemiah, we basically, uh, what, what's the book that comes after Nehemiah? Esther. Um, but we're not doing Esther tonight. Why? Even though it's the next in the, in the Bible. Why aren't we doing it next tonight? Because we've already done it. Right? We, we, when did we do it? Last week and the week before. Right. In the middle of what book did we do it? Ezra. Why did we do it in the middle of Ezra? Because they were connected. They were connected, right? And between verse six, chapter six, and chapter seven of Ezra was the was the Esther period of history. The Esther period of Jewish history. So we just inserted it there so we could have better understanding, amen, of how the Lord was working it all out. So, so, we did ne- so we did Ezra, and then we dropped Esther down in there, and then we did Nehemiah. And so, so we don't have to do Esther again tonight, do we? Unless y'all want me to. <laughs> he said, we got it. Okay. So, so we, we're going past Esther to the next book of the Bible. What comes after Esther, Bible scholars? The book of what? The book of Job. Who's ever heard of the book of Job? Amen. Amen. All right. His name is not Job. You need, right, you need one, but that is not his name. Okay? And Job had jobs. Job had what? Jobs. And we're going to find out about his jobs. See, Job was a great example because he didn't just, he was a man with not just one job. Come on now, he had, he had two, three of them. Amen. And, and that's how he got to be prosperous. Okay, so let's look at this a little bit and see what we can learn tonight. And can we see Jesus in the book of Job? Okay, so you're going to learn some things. Get excited. Okay, get excited. All right, thank you. <laughs> so now, so now, we're, so now, now that we've completed uh, um, Nehemiah, we're going on to uh, and Esther and all that. We're going on to Job and then Psalms and then Proverbs. And these these next books in the Bible are called the books of poetry. Okay. And it's not because they, in, the, in there you can read roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and so are you. That's not why it says poetry. 
It says poetry because of the style in which they were written. Okay, so these are gonna be the books of poetry because of what? The style in which they were written, okay? So that doesn't mean that they was rhyming every other line, okay? All, all poetry is not rhyme time, okay? All poetry, all poetry is not rhyme time, okay? This is different structures, and we won't go into all that tonight. But here we are in the book of Job. So are you turned there? Okay, very good. Um, um, let's go to Genesis. You said, I thought we were doing Job. We are. We are. But I want you to go to Genesis because I want you to see the unity of the scriptures and I want you to see how God keeps on showing out and showing us things, okay? So, we're... Turn into Genesis chapter 46. Are you there? Somebody. Did I, give you, did I tell you 46? I, I just now did? Okay. Okay. All right. Genesis chapter 46. Genesis chapter 46. Are you there? Okay. Let's... Let's start someplace where you'll feel like, okay, I know what this is talking about, okay? <laughs> so we're going to look at the genealogy of some of God's people, okay? So, so let's start at um, verse 8. Are you there? Genesis 46 and verse 8. It says, And these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and the sons of Reuben, Hanak and Phalu and Hezron and Carmi, and the sons of Simeon, Jemuel and Jamin and Ohad and Jachin and Zohar and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite, Canaanitish woman. Aren't you proud of me how I'm pronouncing these names? Is that a Lord? Glory to God. <laughs> Verse 11. And the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. I hope you know that's the Holy Ghost helping me, right? And Verse 12. And the sons of Judah, Ur, and Onan, and Shelah, and Phares, and Zara. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan, and the sons of Phares were Hezron and Hamul. Verse 13. And the sons of Issachar, Tola and Fuva and Job. And Shimron. The sons of Issachar, Tola, and Fuva, and Job, and Shimron. We just saw uh, Job's name in Genesis, right? How is Job's name 
in Genesis. Mm hmm. He's like, wow. I will tell you that the book of Job is considered the oldest book in the Bible. Did you know that? The book of Job is considered the oldest, one of the, the, the oldest book in the Bible. Selah. <laughs> right? The book of Job is considered the oldest book in the Bible. So, so who was his daddy? Issachar. And some of us have, have used the scripture uh, that talks about the sons of Issachar who had understanding of their times so they knew what to do. And one of the sons of Issachar was Job. And Bible scholars say and think that um, the book of, the book of uh, Job uh, possibly was written by the first Bible writer. Who was the first Bible writer? Moses. Moses. Exactly. Very good. So many, many Bible scholars think that the book of uh, Job was written by Moses. They don't know for absolute certainty, but most scholars tend to agree that Moses probably was the writer of the book of Job. Why would they conclude that he was possibly the writer of the book of Job? Because he wrote everything else that came first. He, he wrote the Pentateuch, right? And what is the Pentateuch, Bible scholars? The first five books of the Bible, right? So if he did write the book of Job, how many books would that make him have written? Six. The Pentateuch, five, and Job. Six. Okay? So now, we, so now we're, we're, we're studying Job. We're seeing its place in the scripture. But we're finding out that it was the oldest book in the Bible. It was, it was probably, quite possibly, written by Moses. Moses was busy writing, wasn't he? He's doing a whole lot of writing. Right? Okay. So... That means that Job lived when? In the, in the beginning periods of history, right? That means he lived in the period of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in their generation. Correct? So, 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 so Job was one of the sons of Issachar, right? Issachar was one of the sons of Jacob, right? And so years are passing, right? Years are passing, years are passing. And here we see uh, the genealogy, and there's Job slam in there. Okay? All right. So, which, which is the oldest book of the Bible? Job. 
written by who? Most likely Moses. During what period of time? In the, be in the beginning centuries, <laughs> amen, in the, in the Abrahamic period of time. Okay? All right. So he was one of the sons of Issachar. Issachar was a son of who? Jacob. Okay. Who came before Jacob? Isaac. Who came before Isaac? Abraham. Okay. Smile. Look how smart you are. Okie dokie. All right. Okay. So now let's, let's go back to Job chapter one. Are you there? Okay. Turn the pages fast, okay? Chapter 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoking of oxen, and 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Now, think. How did Job get to be this blessed? What contributed to Job being that blessed. Perfect and upright, right? How else did Job get to be this blessed? The blessing of Abraham was on his life. Who was Abraham to Job? Hmm? Who was his father? Who was Job's father? Issachar. Okay. So, so who was Issachar's father? Jacob. Okay. And who was Jacob's daddy? Abraham. So Abraham was who to Job? His great-grandfather. His great-grandfather. So, so, so how, how did Job get to be this blessed? Inheritance. And what was on his family? The blessing. The blessing. The blessing was on his family. The blessing was on his bloodline. Because the blessing was on his bloodline, did that mean automatically he was going to be rich and wealthy? No. So what did he have to do? Walk upright. What else? Besides walk upright, be obedient. What else? Did the 7,000 sheep just come walking up to him one day and say, here we are? Here to work. W-O-R-K, it's not a dirty word. He had to work the blessing. 
And because you have the blessing on you, doesn't mean you just sit there and wait for it to fall on you. You gotta cooperate with the blessing, okay? So, so he's learned to work. He's learned that there's a blessing on his life, on his bloodline. Who told him? His father, grandfather, great-grandfather, right? Okay, so is this, just, this is not just happening. Are you understanding? It's a process. It is a process. Okay, this is good. Okay, all right, so now, um, Tell me, what, tell me what you know about Job already. So we, he was perfect, he was upright, he was, he was a hard worker, he, he was wealthy. He had a big family. He was blessed. What else do you know? He was a man of prayer. Okay, and Satan wanted to sift him. Did he have kids? Quite a few, <laughs> right? He had many, many of them, correct? Okay, what, what does the Bible say in verse two? Seven sons and three daughters, 10 kids. Right? All right. And so he was perfect, he was upright, and somebody said the devil wanted to sift him. Right? Okay? And did that happen? Yes. yes. It did happen. Right? Okay. And so uh, it says in chapter 1, verse 4, And his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone on his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. Verse 5, and, and it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job how often? Continually. Continually doing stuff to cover his kids. I guess he knew about, I guess he knew his kids, right? Uh-huh, 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 okay. So, so somebody said that, that Satan wanted to sift Job, right? Why did Satan want to sift Job? Why did Satan want to come against Job's life? Because he loved God. Because he loved God. God loved Had Job done anything to anybody? No. Just blessed. So you don't, have to be, you don't have to do anything for the devil to, to come try to mess with you, right? Right. And so that's what happened to Job, right? So the devil went to the Lord and said, can I, can I mess with him? Right? Did y'all know that already? I asked y'all to tell me what you know. You ain't nobody telling me. Okay. You know? Okay. All right.
That's right. So the, Satan said, if I, if, if I take all his stuff away, if I take all his stuff and his kids and everything, then he won't praise you no more. He, he'll curse you to your face. But he didn't, did he? He did not. Why? Hmm? He loved and trusted the Lord. He loved and trusted him, despite all. So what did he lose? Everything, meaning what? His children, his possessions, property, and his own health. And his own health. Right? He, so he lost everything except what? His life. And what else? His faith. And what else? He told him you can do all that, but you can't kill him. So what else did he not lose? His wife. <laughs> His wife. Why y'all laughing? Why y'all laughing? <laughs> Why y'all laughing? Because... Because she told him to curse God and die. Right. I tell you what, right? She wasn't a whole lot of help, was she? Mm -mm. I like what somebody said. That, that, that joke kept his mind. He did not lose his mind. That's very important. He lost his friends. Okay, I mean, why didn't he act like a friend? That's cold-blooded right there, right? Okay. I think she lost her mind. Right? Right? She probably lost her mind. Why? Because she lost all her kids. And all her stuff. I mean, she was the queen of us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she was the queen of us, and now, you know, they all broke down and busted. Right? She lost her faith. She lost it all. But he did not. Because his, because his heart wasn't rooted in those things. Correct? Okay, and so he's lost all these things, and then his friends start coming to him to try to help a brother out. And, 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 and when, when, when they came to him to try to help a brother out, what kind of, what kind of condition was Job in? He was in a bad condition, right? His health. He had lost all his stuff and his health. He was sick. Seriously sick. Right? Seriously sick. 
And here come his friends. So, so when somebody's really sick and, and you go to visit them, what is it that you're supposed to do? Encourage them. Pray for them. Speak the word to them. Speak life to them. And, 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 and when your friend has lost and, 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 and lost and lost and lost in grief and sorrow, what, what are you supposed to do for them? Pray for them. Lift them up. Speak words of life and comfort and encouragement and uplift and joy. But Job didn't have those kind of friends. He didn't have those kind of friends. So, so, so um, we're going to look a little bit at Job's friends. Because, because if you have these kind of friends, you need to get rid of them today. <laughs> because with these kind of friends, you don't need no enemies. Okay? And, and, and the first friend's name was uh, Eliphaz. And he was the oldest of Job's friends. And, he, and all of his friends were trying to figure out, how come all this is happening to Job? So they're all trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And, and all of his friends considered themselves as smart, intelligent, wise. And so they're using, they're using their minds, they're using their thoughts, they're using their intellect to try to encourage Job and tell him, uh, this is why all of these things have happened to you. What are they using to figure this thing out? Their intellect their and their negativity, okay? So Eliphaz uh, talks to Job. And, and uh, he and, 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 and all of his friends take turns trying to encourage Job and trying to help Job out. So Eliphaz was one of his friends and um, Bildad was one of his friends, Zophar was one of his friends, and uh, Elihu was one of his friends. And they took turns talking to Job. And, and uh, sometimes they call, their, their talking to Job was called debates, because they would come to Job and they'd be looking at him. How would Job be looking when, when they came? He was looking bad. Why was he looking bad? Because he lost everything, he was in pain, he was sick, right? So, so all of these friends took turns coming to him with, with, with their theory and their philosophy about what was going on in his life, okay? They didn't just come one time. <laughs> oh no, they came three times. And every time they would come, they would, they would deliver this big old speech to Job. So his first friend, who was the oldest, who, who assumed that he was wiser than all the other friends, um, he, he um, tells, is, comes to Job while he's sick and hurting and all that, and tells Job, the reason why you sick is because you in sin. You done done something wrong. 
because you wouldn't be going through all this. And what we find out about uh, Eliphaz speaking to Job is that when he did, he, he spoke to him harshly. Yeah, wow. He spoke to him harshly. He spoke to him nasty. What kind of friend talks to you nasty when you sit? <laughs> A demon. <laughs> that, yeah, somebody who's not your friend. And so, and so based on his personal experience, he figured that, well, you know, uh, uh, stuff happens to me when I'm in sin, so therefore, uh, so you must be in sin. And Job says, I'm not. And Eliphaz said, you gots to be. You gotta be in sin. That's why this is happening to you. And what does Job say? No. Not. So, 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 so Eliphaz goes on and on and on and talking about how, you know, if, 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 if you all that righteous, why you keep saying you ain't in sin? Why don't you just, why don't you just tell the truth? But Job did not move from his truth. because he was upright, just and upright, right? So, so the next friend, Bildad, here he comes. And he, he says, but Job, don't you know that God is just? Um, um, and all throughout history, God is just. And, and, and God shows salvation and mercy to the upright. And, and he brings down the wicked. So therefore, Job, you must be wicked. So his friend number one uh, saying you in sin, his friend number two saying you must be wicked. Fess up, Job, you wicked. Did Job fess up to being wicked? No, because it was not true. He was not wicked. So, so, so now Job is listening to these people. And they, and, and they don't just come on one day, they come back again and again and again, taking turns, encouraging Job. Is this any kind of encouragement? Why, why? Because, because they're seeing something they've never seen before. They've never seen anybody go through like this. They've never seen anybody go through what Job is going through and still saying, that, that I'm upright. Zophar is his third friend. And he thinks, he comes and tells Job, uh, the reason why you're going through all this is because you, Job, being punished, boy. And, and really, Whatever you did, I don't know what it is, but uh, it might, must have been pretty bad because uh, really, you deserve far more than what you're getting, Job. <laughs> See how nice your friends are to you? I know you got good friends and you thought they was kind of so-so, but you ain't got no friends do, dealing with you like this, do you? Wicked. 
And so he was mean and brutally blunt with Job, speaking harshly, speaking evilly to him. Friend number four, Elihu says, God will not do wrong or twist justice. So he thinks that, that Job, the Lord must be trying to teach you something. Is sickness and disease and death the way the Lord teaches us? No, no, not. So, so what's going on with these friends? What's going on with these friends? They're trying to use their intellect. And their intellect is insufficient, isn't it? They can't figure it out. So, so the easiest thing for them to do, make up something and blame Job and blame him and castigate him. Somebody who kick you when you're down, is that your friend? No. 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 Okay. Glory to God. We won't have time to do it tonight, but I, in the book of Job, there is a real um, dealing with how it's what you go through when you're under this kind of attack. Okay? And, and it talks about depression. Because you get depressed with all this going on in your life. Yes. And it, it demonstrates the the way the Lord deals, and his answer, and his solution, and his deliverance. Amen? Okay, so, so he's, turn to Job chapter 13. While all his friends are, are uh, trying to make him feel better. <laughs> and, and failing miserably. Are you, in, are you at Job chapter 13? Okay, let's look at verse 15. Are you there? Okay, let's read it together. Ready, read. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. Verse 16. For he also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. What are we seeing here about Job? Maintaining his faith. Valuing his relationship with the Lord God. And speaking what? Speaking life. Excuse me? Speaking life. How's he able to do that? God's with him, and he's with God. Right? He said, though he slay me, yet will I what? Trust him. Yet will I trust him.
Okay, go over to Job chapter 19. Are you there? Verse 1, then Job answered and said, how long will ye vex my soul and break me in pieces with words? These ten times have ye reproached me. Ye are not ashamed that ye make yourselves strangers to me. I think Job is better than me. <laughs> ah! I'd have had to run somebody off. What about you? Yes, my God. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Let me see. All right. So his friends come and they try to reason with him and they try to comfort him and they're worthless of no help at all. So now, even though Job is, is making his faith confession, is he happy? No, he's not. He's still depressed. He's still hurt. Right? He's still wondering what is going on. And so after all this stuff with his friends, then he has his own time with the Lord. Right? He has his own time with the Lord saying, what is going on? Why is it going on? I ain't do nothing. Right? He has his own time with the Lord, pouring out his what? Pouring out his heart. Pouring out his what? Pain. Pouring out his hurt. Because he is not happy, right? And so, and so what, is, and what are we learning from that when we see what Job did under pressure? We're learning that we can stand and we're learning that in, even in a depressed state, you can pour out your heart, pour out your soul, pour out your feelings, pour out your emotion, pour out your frustration, pour out your anger. And still work the word. The word says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher. Higher than I, right? And so, Job has that time with the Lord, okay? And, and Job kind of, Job was telling the Lord, well, look, I did this and this and this and this, right? And what did he get back from the Lord? The Lord's like, that's good, but where were you? Where were you? Where were you when I created? Where were you when there were no animals here? And I spoke them into, where were you? Okay. So, so, so what was the Lord trying to communicate to him? I still got you. Yeah, you did, you did all these wonderful things and I agree and it's all good and, and, and you don't know what's coming. Because everybody was telling Job, you fixing to do what? You fixing to die. So Job had his time with the Lord, weeping and wailing and fussing and arguing and, and cussing and crying. You ever had a time with the Lord 
where you fussing and, and, and weeping and wailing and crying and complaining and cussing and fussing. Where you at? Don't you see what time it is? <laughs> you know how long I've been going through this right here? Take me, Lord, okay? <laughs> I mean, we, we say all kind of crazy stuff, right? What's, whatever, come on. And what is it? The Lord's putting this in here for us to see the process. And that Job could say all these things in, in his conversation with the Lord and it still be good between him and the Lord. Because was he being a liar? Was he being fake? Was he saying, it's all good. Is that what he said? <laughs> no. Because it wasn't all good, was it? It was horrible. It was horrendous. It was devastating. <laughs> all right. Oh, my God. One more, one more, one more. Maybe two, but... We almost, we gonna, we, oh my God, it's too good. Oh my God. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Oh, 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 it's more than one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Job 36. Woo! Job 36, are you there? Anybody there with me? Not yet, on the way. Facebook, y'all with me? Come on, Job 36. 11. Yes, Job 36, 11 says, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. But if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. Okay, let's keep going. Oh my God. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Okay, verse 42, chapter 42. <laughs> Somebody said, Thank you, Lord. Coming to the end of the book of Job, chapter 42. Are you there? Oh my God. Okay, chapter 42, verse 5 says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. This is Job speaking to the Lord. In essence, saying, I thought I knew you, but, but seeing you bring me through all this right here that I've been through, now it's not what I heard. It's what I see with my own eyes. Okay. Glory to God. Verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. 
Then came there unto him all his brethren, all his sisters, and all they that had been of his acquaintance before, and did eat bread with him in his house, and they bemoaned him and comforted him. Now, what now? Over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him, which was not the Lord bringing it, every man also gave him a piece of money, and every one an earring of gold. Verse 12, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, before he had seven, and 6,000 camels, before he had three, and a thousand yoke of oxen, and thousand she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters, because he already had seven and three, now he got seven and three more, right? And he came, and he called, and all the names and all that stuff there, and, uh, Verse, go down to verse 16. After this lived Job a hundred and forty years and saw his sons and his sons' sons even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. Oh my God. Long life to the to four generations. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say me too. The Lord sees what you're going through, what you've been through. He's not finished. Stay true to him. Stay faithful. Stay grateful. Amen. Stay grateful. We'll do some more next time. Okay? Praise the Lord for the word tonight. All right. We're looking for Jesus in this book of the Bible, right? So next time, be ready, because I'm going to be asking... Where's Jesus in the book of Job? Amen? To God be the glory, the glory, the glory.